1: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
0: Believe. Looking to bet on the NFL this season? There's no better place to wager than betonline.ag. From spreads to totals to player props, you can bet on anything and everything NFL at betonline.ag this season. BetOnline is the official provider of all betting lines used on the TDN Fantasy Podcast and the DraftNetwork.com. Go to betonline.ag and start wagering on the NFL, college football, and so much more right now.
2: TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy, the TDN Podcast. Podcast. Fantasy Podcast. With your host, Paige Dimacos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians.
1: All right, everybody. Welcome. TDN Fantasy Podcast, but live video stream. We've been doing these on Fridays, uh, really enjoying them, and brought to you by... Our friends over at Mighty Swell, I get to have the Mighty Swell. The boys don't have their package quite yet for Mighty Swell. I, however, will be drinking Cherry Lime Mighty Swell all weekend in preparation for a Bears victory on Monday night against the Minnesota Vikings. Let's talk weather, Jamie. You're going to be our Vanna White. You're going to be the guy who delivers the weather report here, makes everybody know. And the reason that we're doing this, right, is because we are going to talk about all the games. And we constantly talk about the fact that when you're talking about the lines, you know you have the over or the under when you're talking about the weather. And it's that time of the year where the weather starts to impact every single game. So Jamie, take it away. Weather report time.
0: Yeah, the, the biggest one that I'm worried about is Houston-Cleveland in a game with a lot of fantasy implications. Deshaun Watson, Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, If you're playing Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper. A lot of those pass catchers you might want to think twice. The latest reports that are uh, out of Cleveland are it's going to be 30 to 35 mile an hour sustained winds. Those aren't wind gusts. Gusts can touch 50 in this game, but sustained winds uh, between 28 and I think 32 miles an hour is what the the latest has for them. Uh, There's a good chance it's going to rain. It's going to be cold. It's going to be typical bad Cleveland weather. So uh, bump down everybody in that game. But if Nick Chubb returns – automatic top three running back play against the worst rushing defense in the NFL. Uh, they will run him and they will run him and run him and run him successfully. I think even Duke Johnson, because I'm not expecting David Johnson to play can have some success in this game in the short passing and running game as well, because who else are they going to give the ball to? But it's disappointing to me. I love that. Like, I thought Brandon cooks was a must start. Will Fuller has been phenomenal. You got to bump those guys down pretty significantly because if you thought the weather in Cleveland was bad for the Raiders game, this looks like from a win standpoint that it might be worse. Like it might it might not be as sleety, it might not be quite as bad in terms of precipitation, but wind, it's gonna be worse. So that's that should scare you. Yeah, one thing to and note same. there
2: too, Jamie, on that
0: wind is
2: it doesn't matter what direction it's from. So like the Raiders yeah. game was it was blowing sideways. There's a big triangle we've talked about in the stadium where it's cut <laughs> out and it's sitting on Lake Erie. It comes in there and swirls. So it doesn't matter if it's directional wind, it's gonna swirl and be nasty either way. Like Cleveland is awful when it's windy, especially in the kicking game.
0: Yes, so this is going to be a disaster. Uh, if you have Kaimi Faraband or Cardi Parky or any of those guys, just find somebody else this week. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of pregame images from Scott Hansen and Andrew Siciliano about the shaking goalposts uh, before red zone kicks off. So that's going to be one to watch, as well as Jacksonville-Green Bay. This was actually my stay-away game on the TDN against the Spread Show, and one of the reasons why, strong wins. Again, 25-plus mile-an-hour sustained wins in this game will affect the deep passing game a little bit which I think is going to hurt Jacksonville a bit more than it's going to hurt Green Bay already. But uh, something to be concerned about if, you, again, if you're if you a DJ Chark fantasy owner. I mean, look, you're playing Devontae Adams no matter what. If Alan Lazard comes back, I think he would be still a solid play. But, you know, downgrade the Jags receivers a little bit. Those are the two big ones. It's going to rain a little bit in Philadelphia and New York. I don't think it should affect much. You're still playing all your guys there. But the biggest one to watch is that Cleveland-Houston game because there are a lot of top fantasy players. And big upgrade to the running game huge downgrade to the pass catchers and passing game.
1: Yeah. Uh, we love, I love the weather report so that Jamie comes in and tells you guys uh, about what games to stick away from. The keynote there was, I heard a name and uh, if you're starting Cody parking in fantasy football, my condolences in general, uh, please. I can assure you that him uh, kicking in a place where that has bad wind, it will not end well for you. So find another option this weekend. If you can Starter sit time, guys. We've got some phenomenal ones. These come, I go on Fantasy Pros, which we all really like, and they have a nice feature where you're able to see who users are Googling or going through their site and asking, like, should I start this guy or this guy, right? So we're looking at some of the top situations. And the funny thing is, Quite a few of these are, are things that are involved in trades that both Jake and Jamie had either with each other or in other, in, in other leagues. So the first one is Tom Brady, who is playing the Carolina Panthers, or Carson Wentz. Uh, Jake, I will let you take this one first. Who would you start?
2: Well, I just traded away Tom Brady to Jamie or Carson Wentz and a few other players. It was kind of a must-do for me to stay in this TDN uh, Premium League. I think Brady has a bigger weekend, but I think Carson Wentz is going to be really solid. But I'm not betting against Brady. The numbers are insane when he's had 20-point losses in his career, when he's bouncing back from a loss, the the limited times he's ever lost back-to-back games. And he has never been embarrassed like he was Sunday night. I think Brady goes off, off, off. I think you're talking four-touchdown type game again, which he's had three or four of this year. I think Carson Wentz is really solid. I think he's 20-plus points I think they're going to throw it. Getting Miles Sanders back actually helps Carson Wentz in this situation, I think. He didn't have to carry the load quite so much, but I think Brady has a bigger day. I think they're both really good plays this week.
0: Yeah, I'll go with Tom Brady. He's still a top-10 play this week for me. Uh, I, we've, we've seen the by far the worst game of the season for the Bucs and for Brady, and you're going to get a full bounce back, I expect, this week against Carolina. Wentz is still solid. I mean, he's going up against the Giants, put up 28 points against them before. Has Miles Sanders back. Looks like he's going to have Alshon Jeffrey back, so he's going to get some of these pieces around him that he hasn't had before. So they're both solid plays, but I think Brady's still a top 10 guy. Uh, I'm really excited to see now after that performance, how all of these weapons start to come together, because there's been a lot of questions now. And if anything we know about the Tom Brady narrative over the year, the second people start to doubt him, he comes back with a vengeance. And I imagine that's what's going to happen here against a, a a solid, but young secondary in Carolina.
2: Interesting yeah. stats on that defense in, in Carolina, Jamie, they have this like, insane completion percentage they're given up, like 73 74%. But the the number of the length of the passes is one of the shortest in the NFL. So they're giving you all this yep. underneath stuff. They play more cover three than anybody in the league. But now you're talking about Chris Goblin back healthy, hamstring healthy, Antonio Brown, They run after the catch. And maybe they still double up Mike Evans. I don't know that it's going to be a huge Mike Evans. But they have all these guys now. You're going to play cover three. There's going to be some spots there, but that's an interesting stat when you're giving up that high of a completion percentage, but is that short? I think it's like 6.2 yeah. and 74% that they're giving up.
1: Little, little dink and dunk action that might be able to get it done for Tom Brady uh, versus the Carolina Panthers. All right, guys, the, the next category we're going to is running back and there's three, right? So we're going to talk about each of them against each other because they were the most searched. So the first one is, Devin Singletary or Ronald Jones? So we obviously know who Ronald Jones is matching up against and Devin Singletary playing the Arizona Cardinals. Jamie, I'll let you take this one first.
0: I'm going to go with Ronald Jones here. I have no faith in Devin Singletary to get work. Uh, And I understand that would be the big complaint about Ronald Jones is you never know when he's going to get a 20-carry week or a 6-carry week. But I don't know when Devin Singletary is not going to get a 2-carry week like he did last week. Uh, I'm going to go with Ronald Jones here. You could still run on Carolina pretty well. Uh, I think they're going to lean on him early in games. If he holds on to the football, he'll get to be in the game in the second half and be able to put up fancy points for you. Uh, It's just that if he puts the ball on the ground again, they're going to go to the better pass blocker and the more competent third down guy, Leonard Fournette, more often. Uh, that that's kind of been the key here. Uh, I, I think on, on draftnetwork.com, Trevor Sycamore referred to it almost like as a baseball situation where, you know, Ron Jones is the starter, but if you look shaky, they're going to bring in their, their elite bullpen guy and Leonard Fournette to come in and take over some of this other work. So I still like Ronald Jones in this matchup. You can run on Carolina. I know they didn't do it as well as they would have liked last time, but uh, I expect Jones has a, a pretty big bounce back game, as do all of the Bucks in this matchup.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, Singletary has been really weird. PPR, I kind of like him because he catches a lot of balls. They throw so many. But he gets no goal line work, as you've talked about a bunch. Zach Moss looked really good the last couple weeks. I expect Ronald Jones to have a pretty big week. I think everybody's – Leonard said 70% of the snaps the last two weeks, but it's really been game He It's a really weird, unique situation where he plays two-minute, shotgun, third down. But he's also the short yardage guy in a lot of situations. But that's just because they've had to get out of what they really want to do. The Giants game didn't go like they wanted. Last week, the doors were off and, uh, in the first series. Uh, I expect Ronald Jones to have a really good first half. I think he's going to be close to 15 to 20 carries this week. I think he gets in the end zone. I think they want to run the ball for Tom to be able to play action. And then that deacon Dunk is not what you have to do, because that's going to limit what they really want to do on offense. Uh, I agree with you. I mean, unless Singletary gets a screen pass and takes it for 40, I think Ronald Jones is a better play.
1: Ronald Jones, guys, you guys both like him. You like him enough to play him against Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay coming off a disappointing performance. Jake, I'll let you take this one first. Philip Lindsay I'm, or Ronald Jones?
2: He was in that trade I just did with Jamie. Jamie talk? Tell, tell me how great Philip Lindsay is going to be, Jamie.
0: I actually had them right next to each other. Uh, they're literally one spot apart in my rankings. The only hesitation I have with Lindsay is if the Broncos are still going to throw the ball 43 times a game, it's going to limit the amount of work that he gets as he splits with Melvin Gordon. But... I still think I know last week was bad but he has been the more explosive Broncos runner this year and you guys know how much I love Melvin Gordon I've gushed about him on our podcast for two years now. I don't think there's a debate about who's looked better with the ball in his hands this year on a consistent basis and it's been Philip Lindsay and I'm excited to kind of see where he might land next year and maybe be a lead back somewhere else again but uh, they're right next to each other for me I think they both have the same you know workload concerns uh, and issues but I just I'm gonna lean Ronald Jones here. Uh, but like I said, they're one spot apart in my rankings. There's really not much of a difference.
2: I love Phillip. Lindsay. I've never played him in fantasy. I've always been scared of him thinking he's going to get hurt. And this is finally the year that he's kind of had some injuries because he runs so damn hard for a little guy. We talked about that insane stat that he has of never fumbling like since his freshman year in college. Uh, but he's kind of boomer. But I'd love to see him take that Leonard net role we're talking about in Tampa and play that in, in Denver. If they're going to throw it that much. He's the perfect guy to be out there in third down, catching those swing passes, get him in space, running out of shotgun some. They haven't really done that. If that t- turns into a trend for them, man, I love him down the stretch.
1: We're getting a couple of questions here, guys. So we'll get into those for certain. Uh we'll take one right now since we're talking about running backs. This one comes from uh Braden, who's joining us on YouTube live. Gio Bernard, a good play, even with that Pittsburgh matchup. Jamie, you're shaking, you're nodding your head along. Yes. So go ahead, take this one.
0: R- RB14 for me this week. I'm not expecting Joe Mixon to play. He's gonna catch a bunch of dump off passes. And you know, I actually had a friend ask me about him, and I said, Look, you're gonna get six for fifty in the receiving game as your baseline. And anything else to get you in the running game is a bonus. Uh, I I think he's got a solid floor of 11 points for you. Uh, They're going to dump the ball off to him. You're going to see a little bit of Samaj P. Ryan, which I know is going to annoy everybody, but (laughs) you'll see a little bit of him in that game. But Bernard has been successful there. And look, Pittsburgh's defense is really strong against the run, but they they are a little bit vulnerable, and I think the Bengals are going to keep up with them in this game. And Bernard's involved heavily in the passing game. He's catching touchdowns for you while Joe Mixon is out. Uh, He's an RB2 for me this week. So odds are you're going to want to play him. Look, the guy standing
2: next to backdoor, burrow is Bernard. He's been phenomenal when he's been in there. They're going to be in the shotgun. They're going to be slinging it. This Pittsburgh defense is going to blitz that much. They're going to leave some holes. They've been exploited a bunch. The Philly came back. Carson Wentz had a huge second half on them. People have put up points, and they've put up numbers. I think Gio is absolutely awesome this year. I, mean, I don't know why you would doubt that at this point.
1: All right, Fan Friday getting involved. Another question here involving Gio Bernard. Uh, this one comes from Kyle. Just traded Tyler Lockett and Antonio Brown for Joe Mixon, Gio Bernard, and Devontae Parker. I needed running backs, but what do you guys think? What do you guys give in his trade, Jamie?
0: Um, I would say I like it. Uh if you need running back, you basically traded one for one there, because I think you're taking Cincinnati running back versus Tyler Lockett's really the piece that you're moving along here. So I think if you needed to shift some assets around, that makes perfect sense and is what you kind of need to do this time of year. If, if you have a receiver talent, I means what I was doing in our, our TDN league, and we've, we, we've teased the trade. I traded Lindsey, Antonio Brown, and Carson Wentz for Tom Brady. I made another trade for Zeke. I was trying to move my glut of receiver talent to improve my quarterback and running back positions. That's what you have to be doing if you're thinking about either making a run into the postseason or making a run through them. Uh, I like that you got both the guys because it gives you the opportunity there because I'm concerned about this foot injury for Mixon because it's now – I mean, he's still not practicing after all of this time. But yeah. I think there's going to be plenty of value at that position whenever he comes back and as long as you get Gio in the meantime. Locke has been very boom or bust and his booms have been matchup winning booms for you with those those two, three touchdown games. Uh, I think it's a pretty fair trade. Yeah,
2: I like the Devontae Parker piece. Mm-hmm. We, yeah. A little bit of a question mark on how he's going to be with Tua hasn't really gone off yet. With Preston Williams back having a big week last week, I like that Devontae Parker's not going to get doubled as much. If they get some chemistry together, that's a nice piece, a great flex roll probably moving forward for you. It's solid. I mean, I, I'm a Lockett lover, so I don't know that I would have dropped him for that. But Gio has been so good in Mixon's place, and you guys know how I am with foot injuries. I got yeah. Geo in two leagues sitting there. One of these, I don't even have Mixon. I just like, hey, if he's out, Gio becomes better than anybody else I got sitting on the bench. So I like it
1: especially because he qualified it by saying he needed more running backs so he kind of gave us that little qualifier. So I'm yeah. going to assume that you have other wide receivers that you're excited about and and Tyler Lockett's obviously been incredible, at all, but also had a couple of dud performances that put you in a tough spot. All right, Philip Lindsay or Devin Singletary, the last start or sit. Jamie
0: I'll go with Lindsay here. I'm just, I'm totally off the Singletary train at this point. He's splitting carries. He's not getting goal line work. He's not heavily involved in any particular element of the game. He could have some big weeks here and there. He could spike. He could get in the end zone. But I still think Lindsay's upside in a really good matchup is way more than I can expect. Because my thought is if both of these guys are going to get 10 touches, I would much rather have Lindsay's 10 touches against the Raiders. I-
1: Jake. Agreed. Yes,
0: that's yeah.
2: I'm I'm in on that one. Singletary just right. been tough. He looks so good when he catches it in space. They just don't go to him that much. Like you never know what workload you're going to get. And Lindsay had a bad week last week. I expect to bounce back. The Raiders are stingy against the run. I don't know what their numbers are, but when you watch them play, they give up a ton of passing yards. I think Lindsay in space could be a big key for them.
1: All right, guys, moving on. Wide receivers start or sit. Uh, apparently everything that you guys traded is involved in all of these questions and starter <laughs> sits. So Antonio Brown or Christian Kirk, Jake, you first,
2: uh, Christian Kirk, I still don't know what we're going to get from Antonio Brown. I know what the player is. He looked really, really good the other night. I just don't know how much usage there's going to be. If they do run the ball that successfully, it's just a question mark for me. Christian Kirk's been really good since coming back. from injury. He's been that number two piece and you got Trey White. Over on DeAndre Hopkins, you're going to have to go to that secondary guy. They've been going down the field till I think Christian Kirk has a bigger week.
0: Yeah, I agree completely. Christian Kirk is a, my wide receiver 24 this week because, again, he's going to be away from white, and whatever that opposite corner has been this year has been exposed. And we've seen Kyler Murray has not shined away from throwing to Christian Kirk since he came back from injury. He's catching, what, he has like five touchdowns in the last three games for him. He's been really good. So he's he's borderline must start for me this week in fantasy.
1: All right, guys. Uh, Another question from our guy, Kyle, over here. He traded Darren Waller for James Robinson, Noah Fant, and Hunter Henry. What say you guys? Jamie?
0: A++. James Robinson is a legit, no doubt, RB1. Uh, He has been phenomenal this year. I don't care who the quarterback's going to be, and it's starting to look like it's going to be a Lutton for the rest of the year. Uh, he's been phenomenal. I, I love that. I love Darren Waller a lot, but I don't think there's a tremendous drop off to the guys that you got because I think once Fant gets up and rolling and healthy, he's going to start to put up some numbers there. Not Maybe not Darren Waller numbers, but he's going to be in that conversation as a top five, top six tight end most weeks. So I absolutely love that trade. I would have done Waller for Robinson straight up. So I absolutely love that trade. Yeah, I,
2: I love it. Noah Fant, healthy. The coaches I talk to, he won't block a soul, but he's a mismatch, freaking nightmare in the <laughs> passing game. So like, they're scared of him. Every every defense is preparing for him. He's got to be healthy. So I love that you backed it up with Hunter Henry, who hasn't been great. But if, if Fant goes out and you have to play him, that's really, really solid. And like Jamie said, you're added right now, getting an RB1 is almost impossible. And James yeah. Robinson's been on
1: Looks like, Kyle, you're getting an AA from the guys. You've uh, you've upgraded your running back position, which has been uh, the point of emphasis for you, and you added some depth there at tight end so you can play the matchups between Noah Fant and Hunter Henry. All right, guys, Jacoby Myers or Brandon A. Uke. That's the next start or sit, depending on which why you like. Jamie, who are you starting?
0: I like Brandon uh, He's I like the way they're getting him involved. He's been really successful with Debo Samuel on the sideline as the number one option. I know they don't have Garoppolo back there, but Nick Mullins can play almost as well as Garoppolo has been playing this year anyway, which is not great. Uh, but I like the way they get the ball in his hands. Uh, I, the matchup for Myers isn't as good. Uh, he's still ranked for me in my top 50, but I would still rather go with Brandon Ayuk in this game.
2: Yeah, I like Myers with Marlon Humphrey back on the field in this game this weekend, and you're still relying on Cam to throw it well. They, we've seen one and a half decent games of him throwing it well. You guys know I love the number one option on that on whatever team it is, and that's Ayuk right now with Debo out. They've had all these injuries. He has been extremely explosive, so I like Ayuk.
1: All right, a couple more Fan Friday questions before we get into the remainder of our start sit. This one comes from Aiden on the YouTube channel right now. What are some good quarterbacks that you can pick up for the playoffs? So I think he's just looking for anybody that might be available on the the waiver wires that you like the next couple of weeks of matchups. Jamie, is there anybody that stands out to you as a guy that, okay, he's got a couple of good matchups coming up and I might be able to either get him on the waiver wire or facilitate a trade? Because I would say that you're kind of in a position now where you might not be able to pick up a guy who's going to be in a great position moving forward, but either you try and pick him up or you go and make a trade.
0: Yeah, I mean, one guy that, again, depends on how deep, because I'm looking this up right now just to make sure uh, that I'm not misspeaking here. One guy, again, the guy I trade for, Tom Brady, if you can, uh, has a great matchup with. You know, at home against Minnesota, at Atlanta in the dome, at Detroit in the dome for fourteen through sixteen. If you can go get him, uh, you know some other ones that could be interesting. I think Carson Wentz as well, especially as, as teams get more more healthy. Home against New Orleans, at Arizona, at Dallas to end the season. Uh, if you're in a really really deep one, and and I'm gonna I'm looking up the matchups right now here. Uh, I, I still want to see more from him, but like you, you look at the pl- teams he gets to play, I think Tua could be very interesting down the stretch where he's gets from week 12 on, he gets the Jets, he gets the Bengals, uh, he gets then home against the Chiefs, home New England, and then at Las Vegas in the championship. So if you're in a 2QB league or you're like, I don't have anybody right now, I'm dealing with injuries, he could be a really interesting flyer that's available still in I think, at least 70 to 75% of leagues right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, bye weeks get interesting. I've seen Joe Burrow actually make the, the waiver wire in a couple different leagues. that yep. snatch him up. Matt Stafford, when Kenny Galladay gets back, is – I love that offense. Rolls with Galladay in it. And Stafford's floating around in a bunch of different places. I like him. I haven't looked at the matchups. That stretch, uh, but I know his talent. And when he got – when he has those three weapons out there, I love him. Uh, Derek Carr's a, a sneaky one that I keep seeing out there, too. He didn't put up huge numbers, but his floor is really high. And he's playing at a really, really high level. As much as they run it, he still takes some shots. He could probably get you by if you have to as well. And I've seen him out that like almost every league I play in, he's still available.
1: I'm starting Joey B in two leagues this this week because I have Patrick Mahomes on a bye. So he's been putting up a solid like every week mm-hmm. I look at my bench and he's got 20, 25 points. They're going like, to throw it like, 50-something yay, times. He's... Look, when the quarterback
2: <laughs> defense sucks and they can't really run it and he's that talented, that's like the perfect situation for fantasy. Like, Matt Stafford's defense, god-awful. They want to run it, yeah, but they have to rely on him at some point. They just have to have a, de- a decent week to have a big week for you.
1: Especially when you have decent enough weapons, both in Detroit and in Cincinnati. You have good guys to push it to on offense, and you're constantly having to put up points because your defense is not stopping anybody. So, last wide receiver start or sit. DJ Moore or T. Higgins? Jake, I'll let you take this one first.
2: I'm going to go with T. Higgins. Uh, he has shown some serious chemistry with burrow he doesn't look like a rookie anymore it's been really really good pittsburgh's defense is really solid but he has really become with tyler boyd in the slot the number one option outside uh dj moore not a great matchup i think this bucks defense bounces back has i think he's had two really bad weeks in a row and two weeks ago could have been really bad if he didn't catch like a 40-yard bomb at the end of the game then would bridgewater just threw it up uh so he He hasn't been playing that great i think they cover him up I, i would go with t Higgins.
0: There another case where they're one spot apart in my rankings. I'll lean slightly to Higgins in this matchup. Uh, I just, I just like what he can do. I like what he's been able to, I like the success he's been able to have amongst all of the other wide receivers on that roster, which is something that DJ Moore has been more inconsistent with on his front. Buccaneers have been better against the past than Pittsburgh has been this year. And there's not really like, you're not taking T Higgins out of the game. If you're Pittsburgh, because if you try to, you, you with Tyler Boyd there with AJ green, you're not really taking him out of the matchup. So uh, it's close for me, but I lead T Higgins because I just he's just been really solid and consistent for you all season, which is not something you see from rookie wide receivers a lot. You can sometimes see them spike, but you rarely see consistent performance throughout the season. That's what you've been getting from Higgins so far.
1: All right. Aiden has come back with a specific quarterback he wants you guys to discuss, right? Okay. So Philip Rivers and he wants you to he wants you to take a look here because the matchups are pretty tasty okay they're playing Houston twice playing Jacksonville they play the Raiders so Rivers has not been you know old he's kind of looking like old man Rivers a little bit more and his defense is taking care of business so he doesn't have to do all that much and they're running the ball to everybody not named Jonathan Taylor so is there is there some fantasy value here depending on what kind of league you play in obviously for for old man Phil Jamie
0: A little, but I also would be cautious of you don't want to pick up quarterbacks that haven't been good just because they have good matchups. Uh, And I think that that, that's where you start to run into some problems. Now, yeah, you you attack the Houston like that that run there with at Houston. I guess I guess versus Tennessee at Houston at Las Vegas versus Houston is really nice. That's a nice stretch there where he's going to be in consideration, but he's still not necessarily going to be ranked as a QB one. So it depends on how desperate you're going to be. You would need a new quarterback for the championship when he travels to Pittsburgh late in December on a road game. So uh, that's one that concerns me a little bit. But he'll be in the conversation. I mean, it depends on how desperate you are at quarterback right now. Uh, But I think you have to realize that even in those matchups, he'll probably be in that like quarterback 14, 15, 16 range, which is very usable. But I wouldn't drop somebody that's been a lot better or is a proven QB1 that has a mediocre matchup to grab a bad quarterback in a great matchup.
2: I kind of like it. I mean, I think you're asking because the rest of those guys we talked about are gone. I hope that's the case. Uh, T.Y. Hilton coming back and looking okay last night. Michael Pittman Jr. coming on and looking like he's back healthy, had a really solid game. They throw it too damn much. They should be running it more than they are, and Phil keeps throwing it. He looked pretty good last night. That defense is not very good. Those other defenses we just talked about are as bad or worse. Uh, I don't hate it. I just – it's. He has looked really, really bad. He looked really bad at times. He looked okay. I think he looked pretty good last night. He bought him out of his hand quick. But that's just because he saw – he knew what was coming. So You're talking about some bad defenses. It'd be okay. I don't love it.
0: And and this is where context matters. He hit 16 fantasy points last night. Like that's not – I mean he's not going to finish in the top 20 this week. Like, okay. It, so I mean, I he, think. he
1: came back, Aiden came back. So let's just one V one. I don't want any analysis. I just want okay. your instantaneous reaction from now until the end of the season, Philip rivers or drew lock, Jake drew lock Jamie. Okay. All right. I think you got your answer, Aiden. We don't, we're not going to talk about old man Phil anymore. I feel bad disrespecting my guy. I like love him, but he's just like, he's just not in the same place that he's in, uh, is in anymore. Uh, Another couple of Fan Friday questions we're getting here. Really appreciate people participating. So uh, this guy, Jason, has asked this question twice. So I feel like we have to to answer it. Uh, Is it dumb to start Justin Jefferson this week?
0: No, I understand the hesitation. Um, And I'm trying to see where I end up putting Jefferson in my rankings. I I, I put him down at wide receiver 28. So not in must-start territory by any means. He's going to be in that flex conversation. If you listen to the TDN against the spread show, I rattled off Kirk Cousins' history against the Bears. Spoiler, it's not great. He hasn't beaten them. He has three total touchdowns in three games. He's averaging like 208 passing yards, I believe was the number was. It's not great. And this Minnesota passing offense in general hasn't been anything special the last couple weeks. So it's hurt Thielen's value. It's hurt Jefferson's. As always, it depends on who. what else are you playing or who are you sitting to put him in there. He's still a top 30 receiver for me because if I'm going to bet the house on one of these guys having a big game, right now it's Jefferson. He seems to be more involved consistently these last few weeks. So I don't think it's dumb, but I also wouldn't shoehorn him in your lineup if you have two or three better options that are ranked in, like let's say, my top 25 uh, that you can play.
2: I'm playing him in our TDN league. It's it's a deep league. It's got the double flex. I don't love it. I don't know that he hits his 13 and a half point projection, but I think he has a solid week. I wrote about my favorite defensive rookies of the year that came out today on the DraftNetwork.com. There you go, there go page. There's your, your teaser. Um, because Jalen Johnson has been spectacular on the other side mm-hmm. of Kyle Fuller. Fuller's going to be on Thielen most of the time, but either way you're getting a terrible matchup. Justin Jefferson and man though, has been one of the best receivers in the NFL this year against single man coverage. Chuck Pagano loves to play with those two phenomenal corners best secondary in football. One of them. Uh, I don't love the matchup, but I think he probably still gets, I think he gets close to that 13 and a half. So if he's getting over 10, he's probably going to make your lineup. I don't think it's dumb at all.
1: No, I like what Jamie said. I think if you had to pick one, right? Like they're not going to not, there's going to be multiple people there that have disappointing performances and it's probably going to be Adam Thielen and Dalvin cook compared to where you've had them in the past couple of weeks. But Justin Jefferson, somebody's got to eat a little bit, right, and eat enough to justify being in a flex position. But as as Jamie mentioned, maybe go check out the rankings just to make sure we don't have context around who else you could be playing in those spots. So make sure you jump in there and, and take a look there because if we like some other people, uh, you might want to be starting those guys instead.
0: Yeah, I mean, and for some context on guys that might be on your bench that I would like more – uh, you got guys like Brandon Ayuk, you have guys like Jerry Judy, Christian Kirk, T. Higgins, all those guys I would play over Justin Jefferson this week. So if they're sitting on your bench or I doubt any of them are sitting on waiver wires unless you're playing in like a public league, uh, then I would play any of those guys over Jefferson.
1: All right. This one comes from Jackie, guys. Uh, four different running backs to choose from. Swift, Geo, Moss, or McKinnon. I assume you just want us to pick one. So Geo. just pick one. Geo. Yeah. All right. Easy, easy that enough. Easy. easy enough. Moving right along. Zach Cohen, shout out our intern, Zach Cohen, who's yes. uh, throwing in some questions to the fan Friday. Uh, I had Kittle. Sad. Sorry, Zach. Uh, so now didn't, I'm didn't torn. I? So did many other many other people. Um, now I'm torn between Jimmy Graham or Jordan Reed. Jamie, your thoughts?
0: Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <sighs> So this, this, this is one of the ones where I go to, it depends on what your goal for this week is. And this and I know that's a weird answer, but if you need a safe seven or eight points, you just get me seven or eight points and I'll be fine. And I'm not expecting more. The answer is Jimmy Graham. If you're a big underdog in your matchup, or maybe you, know, you, you face somebody that gave you, that had a big Thursday night performance and you're already behind the eight ball and you need someone that can get you 15, I would say Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed has a better chance to get a two touchdown game and actually do something now that he's a little bit healthier in that offense. But I also could get you two points. So mm-hmm. you have to So if you want to go with the the safer option, it's Jimmy Graham, who's going to be higher, who's higher in my rankings. But if you need like a, I need just a, a huge explosive play from this to have a chance this week, I would go with with Jordan Reed.
2: You have to have a better option than that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly no. so. like there has to be somebody else that you could take a <laughs> shot with. Than those two guys, I mean, uh, you're looking at Jimmy Graham between the 20s, two for 16. Jimmy Graham in the red zone could be two for two touchdowns.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm looking. I mean, if you got Jared Cook, um, I'd probably go I like Mike Jared Gisecki. Cook better than
2: both of those guys. Like, Gisecki, like yeah, better than both of those guys.
0: So I, I would go with those guys. Uh, if you're just looking for a safe bet. Like I said, if you're looking for upside, if you're looking for, I just need someone to explode to win, then I, I can understand the Jordan Reed stuff. But I still think he's probably going to get out snapped by Dwelly. So you're really looking for him to do that two-touchdown game performance that he had earlier this season when Kittle missed time.
1: All right, guys. I'm throwing, wants
0: to run the ball, man. Jordan Reed ain't blocking nobody.
1: Yeah. Ain't I'm,
0: ther-
1: I'm throwing out the rest of our starting sits because we've talked about a bunch of other players, and we have another one coming in here. So we'll just go to the one that is coming in directly from Braden on YouTube. Mark Andrews has been disappointing. Yes, he sure. has. Do I go Mike Gisecki? Or Logan Thomas over Andrews. So interesting. He's got Mark Andrews, but is worried oh. and is thinking about playing either one of those guys. You're both shaking your head. No.
0: So he, here's my thought. Because I spent a lot of time thinking about Mark Andrews because I'm a lunatic. Um, because I it, the tight ends like this week in particular, with Kelsey out because of the bye, you know, I've Waller at one, I've got Evan Ingram in there, Noah Fant. I like Hawkinson, but he might not play now. He was he was a late addition to the injury he report, practiced not Brackett. Oh, thank goodness. Okay, so he's number four. So those are the four guys I'm clearly playing over Mark Andrews right now. The issue that I have with playing any of those other guys is we talk about upside. And I know Andrews hasn't been great, but if there's any tight end in the NFL this week with with Kittle injured and Kelsey not playing that could catch you two touchdowns, it's Mark Andrews by a mile. So that the upside is still there for him. That just doesn't exist with Jiseki right now or doesn't exist with some of the other guys that are – or Logan Thomas. Like – those guys don't have enough upside. Like they're they're all have the same downside, and I, I would still argue that Mark Andrews' floor is still higher than both of those guys right now, and his ceiling is fifteen stories above those guys. So as frustrating as it's been, I still got to go with Andrews in, the, in this, and he's still a, barely in that top five for me among the tight ends. Just because if anybody can have a twenty point week at the position, aside from maybe Darren Waller, the answer is, is Mark Andrews.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you're Belichick, you're going to try to take away something. And you don't have enough players to take away both. He's going to do everything he can to slow down the run, make Lamar beat you with his arm. Well, the first place he's going is Andrews. I think the target share alone is more than those guys. Jacecki has shown some chemistry with Tua. I think that will continue to be okay. I think he's a good play, a decent play down the stretch, uh, but not as much as Andrews. I mean, couldn't agree more.
1: All right, guys, let's go game by game. Rapid fire. You're going to get the lines and the matchup. You got 30 seconds. You know the deal. You got a clock up there. Watch yourself so I don't have to create a a a buzzer out of my own voice so just make sure you're staying on task here uh let's start with the ones one the line is not available uh but this is what it is this is what it last was uh and that is cincinnati and pittsburgh so pittsburgh was a seven and a half point favorite on uh bet online the last time it was available jamie you're up first go ahead
0: The return of Backdoor Burrow. Uh, I love this one. The Steelers are going to win this game, I think, but the Bengals will keep this close. I want to see a little bit more from this Pittsburgh team. Ben's not going to practice at all until Saturday. I'm assuming he's going to be cleared in which, at that point, the line will be put back on the board. But I like what I've seen from Cincinnati's offense. They're going to fight you to the end. Uh, They've made some couple waiver claims since the last time we've seen them play. Uh, I think they have enough to this game to keep it close and get you that backdoor cover.
2: Yeah, I agree. I'll take the Steelers 28-23. I don't know if it's a back to recover, if they just keep it close the whole game. The Steelers' defense has not played great the last month. They've given up, up a bunch in the past and a bunch of big games, or been a bunch of big plays to passing offenses. And Joe Burrow, without four offensive linemen, beat this Titans team. I think they keep it close. I got Steelers 28-23.
1: Joey B, we love watching it. Backdoor Burrow, we're probably still gonna get shirts made, even though he didn't keep up the. If if he if he comes back and makes a backdoor performance against this Pittsburgh team, we might have to make the shirts. I really think they would be a he hit. Had for like three listener. already
2: this year. That's enough
1: yeah. for a t-shirt. I I agree. It's very similar to what Kyler was doing last year, and we were talking about it last season. Uh, even though they ended up being around a five-win team, it was like, hey, they're gonna be competitive in most of these matchups because they got somebody who can make plays. The other game that has not had a line at all, that's Detroit and Washington. Just want you guys to, to do your best to just pick the game uh, depending on what you think is going to happen as far as people playing and, and, and everything shaking out. So, Jamie, go ahead.
0: Uh, I'm going to actually take Washington in this game to, to win slightly. I hate the way the Lions offense looks without Kenny Galladay, uh, and I'm expecting him not to play this week. I would shift my pick if he is. I um, imagine I'm going to get three or three and a half points in my favor as well on this. So I'm going to get a chance, even if they lose by a field goal, this Lions offense that their numbers with him and Al Galladay are stark. I mean, they're averaging, I believe it's now more than six fewer points per game without him. Uh, I love Stafford a lot, but that offense does not look good enough. I think Washington's going to be fine. I think they'll be able to run the ball extremely effectively against Detroit. And they'll get enough from Alex Smith, throwing to McKissick and, and Terry McLaurin uh, to sneak out maybe a one point victory in Detroit.
2: I'm going to go the other way. I was going to I was going to go with you until I saw the Hawkinson practice today. It looks like he's going to play. I think that's enough for Matt Stafford to get it done. slides offense is definitely not the same without Galladay, but I'm going to go with the Lions 2420 and ride Stafford over Alex Smith. Alex, I love you, man. He threw two picks late last week trying to make something happen with yeah. the Giants. I mean, I, I don't know the Lions are better than the Giants, but I'm going to ride with the Lions 2420.
1: All right, guys, next game, Jacksonville Jaguars uh, playing the Green Bay Packers. Big line here, 13 points. Uh, Packers 13-point favorites here. Jake, I'll let you go first.
2: I think the Packers win. I think they win big, but I don't think they cover that. I got 33-21. I got them just under that. I think they could. The wind is going to play a factor here, but James Robinson should have a pretty solid day. If they can keep Aaron Rodgers on the sidelines enough to limit those possessions, they're going to keep it close enough, I think, to cover that. I think the I think the Packers win easily. I think Aaron Jones has a big day, uh, but I don't feel great about 13 in a really really windy day like that. Now, you're still talking about Jake Luton making this no Lavisca shot. It, it could go either way. Like that was Jamie's stay away. I love that as well, but I don't think they covered.
0: Yeah, this was my stay away. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Packers here slightly, and I think the weather might. And I hate that the weather uh, this this sort of spread scares you. But I think it actually plays in the Packers' favor here because the one thing that, that Lutton does better than Minshew, and that's throw the ball down the field and take those chances, if you take that opportunity away from him, I don't think he has any chance to keep up with what Aaron Rodgers can do, uh, especially if he ends up getting uh, uh, al-nazard back. You're going to have Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones back for this game. Uh, th- this scares me because of the weather, but I'm going to take the Packers to cover even though I continue to get burned by lines this big all year. 70% chance
1: of snow. 39 degrees in Green Bay on Sunday. Going to be a nice Green Bay day. F- and the Florida boys are probably going to have a tough time playing I'm outside I'm tell you one guy Lambeau. that can play
2: good in that, and that's Aaron Rodgers. That, that scared me for that. Oh, yeah. that, that, that wind, The is, wind is not going to bother
1: him at all. No, he's used to it. That is for certain. All right. What's the last
0: time you think C.J. Henderson saw snow? When he's going <laughs> to be covering Devontae Adams.
1: Never? Oh, yeah, De- De- Devontae Adams. Never. Yeah, literally. I'm not joking. He maybe never. Like I I'm when you've I lived and played game. in I, Florida like, like, your whole life. Yeah,
2: I just, in the SEC, it's been a while. You yeah, probably hadn't.
1: Yeah, that'd be that'd, I kind of hope we see an Instagram post with him where he's just like, never seen this before. You know, looking <laughs> no, up at the no snow angels. Dudes, no angels. <laughs> uh, Philadelphia Eagles playing the New York Giants guys, Uh, Philly, couple guys back in this matchup, three and a half point favorites on the road against New York. Jamie, go
0: ahead. I'm going to take the Eagles to cover here. I like to get pieces back. Miles Sanders looks, apparently from all the reports out of practice, not only looks healthy, but looks 100% healthy and ready to go. Looks like Alshon Jeffrey might be back for this game. So Carson Wentz will have some of his weapons. Had success against the Giants earlier this year. Uh, These NFC East games always end up being closer than they should be, but I think the Eagles can cover this.
2: Yeah, I got the Eagles 27-21 covering that. Jason Peters also back for this game for the Eagles. Yes. Wentz gets a little help on that offensive line, which has just been disastrous. Three years in a row, the Eagles will sweep the Giants. That's a big deal.
1: All right, guys, Tampa Bay playing the Carolina Panthers. Only Jamie will make a pick here. The Bucks are a five-and-a-half-point favorite on the road against Carolina. We've talked about it. Listen, Tom Brady gets embarrassed on Sunday night. He has a record of coming back and putting up big performances after he gets embarrassed. Is this going to be one of those performances, Jamie, where he covers a five-and-a-half-point spread?
0: I think it is. I don't expect this to be a blowout, but I expect this to be a very, really fun game. Uh, the Carolina Panthers—if you haven't had a chance to watch them—are a pretty fun team. Everybody knows what Tampa's about at this point on both sides of the ball. They're always must-see TV. Aside from that one game last week, we won't talk about ever again. Uh, but I, I do think they have enough to get this job done to win this game. But at least by you know in that seven to ten point range. So I'm going to take Brady—a big Brady bounce back here, big Gronk bounce back game. Let's get to get everybody else involved, and I'm excited to see them play again.
1: A uh, nice divisional matchup here. Denver Broncos playing the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders are a four-point favorite. So that one's moved. It was five, went I'm to down. four and a half, now to four at that online as of right now. Jake, this was one of the ones you really liked. So are you going with the Raiders minus four here?
2: Yeah, I got the Raiders 31-24. I think it's a bit of a shootout, but Denver's throwing it too much for me. And the Las Vegas Raiders have gone on more long, sustained drives than anybody in the league. They keep those... Other off the field. I think they're going to be able to run it. I think they're going to be able to pass it. Derek Carr has been spectacular. Nelson Aguilar leading the NFL in yards per catch. Just like we all year, expected. They're, they're, they're all, <laughs> yeah, they're all bombs. He has been a deep threat. That Ruggs has not. Ruggs has to get out there eventually. Like he has to have another big week soon. I don't know if it's this week. I, I just, I like the Raiders in this spot.
0: I like the Raiders as well. As I mentioned on our Against the Spread show, if you take out that horrible, windy game in Cleveland, this Raiders offense is averaging more than 30 points per game. And I think that would surprise people if you just told them that that haven't been paying attention. I love what they're doing right now. I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. I like the over. But the Raiders have enough to get the job done. Jacobs is the big game. I think Aguilar might score another one. If they ever decide to use Henry Ruggs to anything other than Deshaun Jackson, he's going to be really good. I, I, I don't – I'm confused by his usage at this point, uh, but and I know some of it's been – we haven't had a lot of time because he's been hurt, but he is more than just a guy that can run deep posts and nine routes. And, and for so far, they're just kind of using him in that role. I want to see what they can do when they just get the ball in his hands uh, and let him go and see what he can do with that speed. So uh, I don't know if that's going to be this week like Jake said, but I like the Raiders here to cover, win and cover.
1: All right, we got a couple of great afternoon games, guys. Uh, mm-hmm. Buffalo and Arizona—the first one we're going to talk about here. Buffalo getting two and a half points, right? I find I, I find very interesting. I, I really do, um, especially after watching that Buffalo performance last week. That they're an underdog in a dome with no weather uh, implications. That I assume the dome will be open because it's going to be beautiful weather here in the valley in the desert. So, Rubber guys. Them. No, yeah, I, oh, you better believe I'm going to continue to rub that in. Uh, what do you guys see happening in this one? Is this the it, does the campaign for Josh Allen MVP start to build up some momentum again, uh, or are we going to start to see maybe a little conversation around Kyler Murray? Jake, you first.
2: The Bills are my dog of the week. Bills Mafia, you got to be loving it. You're seven and two, and you're a freaking dog. I, I, I just yeah. I get it, man. Josh Allen has five three hundred yard passing games. And two 400-yard passing games. (laughs) He has been spectacular. The MVP is not a momentum. He's in the conversation. He's been in the conversation. Had two down weeks, bounced back big. I'm not sure how they're going to get it done because Arizona's got the number one offense in the league. But Trey White has been awesome coming back from that injury. He's been awesome his entire time in the NFL. as James said, the opposite corner has been getting dusted. I got the Bills 28-24. I think they get it done on the road. I, I just think they're better all
0: the way around. This was so tough for me, but I'm I'm going to go with the team getting points. Uh, I think that that was a differentiator for me because I think this is going to be a close game. The fact this has moved from minus one to minus two and a half for Arizona uh, scares me off of the Arizona line a little bit. Uh, I think these are going to be this is going to be a really exciting game. I think we have two untrustworthy defenses that could make this really interesting. Uh, but I'm going to go with the the Bills in the end here. I think they can be a more effective running team if they try. They're not going to try very much, but. Uh, I think they can be a little bit more effective there, especially if Kenyon Drake doesn't play. We're kind of looking at two teams that are going to uh, abandon the running game. Uh, Look, Kyler Murray is going to put on a show as he always does, but so does Josh Allen. So I'm going to take the team getting two and a half points, but I say this with absolutely no confidence. Like this game could, this game could go any direction. Like I've, I've changed my mind three times before we've done the show.
1: Yeah. This, this game to me is must see TV. These, these two games, the three games really in the afternoon that I think are just very interesting from narrative storyline and and possibilities, right? That there you've seen so many different variables of these teams that I don't think I would be surprised if either team blew the other team out. I don't think I would be surprised if it was a really close game. I don't think um, you'll and, see
2: that. I think both offenses are way too capable of at least fighting you and coming back for a blowout. But I mean, my big thing when I saw this was like a builder seven 2 and the freaking Cardinals have lost to the dolphins and the lions at home. Right about the time yeah. they were getting momentum and you started putting them in that conversation, they lay an egg at home.
1: There's a, pa- there's a part of me.
2: 4,000 people, it's
1: going to be empty. I don't I don't.
2: know. Yeah. There's Josh a part of me, though. A win games.
1: There's a part of me, though, Jake, that kind of feels like this could be a blowout for Buffalo. And maybe it's just because I watched what they did to Russell Wilson last week and I respect him so much, right? And so I kind of feel like Arizona's a little inflated. Yeah. The- it just the thing it- is. Nobody
2: hits Kyler. Kyler's never been like, I know. You think sooner or later he would turn around in the pocket and somebody's going to be there, like, to his first play. And Aaron Donald's right there to just destroy you. It just doesn't happen. I'm waiting for it to happen. It's going to happen eventually. I talk about quarterbacks Mm -hmm. all the time. They're going to get caught. If they can do that, that's what happened to Russell last week. Two of those turnovers were fumbles. You just don't see that happen to Kyler very often. If they could have that blitz come off the edge and get him, then yeah. I I think that's the only way you're going to see a blowout. I don't think Arizona's defense is capable of, of doing that to Josh Allen.
1: No, probably not. All right, guys. Uh, the next one I'm really excited about, L.A. Chargers, Miami Dolphins, Tua v. Herbert, very pumped up for this game. I think it's going to be a phenomenal one. Just to note, the Miami Dolphins have a couple of players on their defense that are probably going to miss this game because of COVID. Um, Kyle Van Vannoy, um, a couple other guys, it could end up, and and we know what this defense has looked like when they're all totally healthy but this is not going to be that so much so that Kyle Krabs, Miami Dolphins fan has shaved his handlebar mustache because he is so sad that he thought that this was going to be this, this, they're going to ring off the string of wins. He's not feeling quite as confident now, Miami only a one point favorite at home against Herbert. Jamie, what do you see happening?
0: I'm going to take the Dolphins here at home. I mean, I, uh, the COVID stuff scares me, but to me, the biggest the biggest matchup, I know it's all going to be about Herbert versus Tua, but the biggest matchup to me is Herbert versus Howard and Byron Jones because those two corners, when they've both been healthy and playing, have been locked down, and that has been the biggest reason why Miami has been able to have so much success defensively. Uh, Brian Flores and company are scheming things up. They're running basically the Patriots defense, but with personnel that actually operated successfully <laughs> this year, uh, and it's been really effective. Uh, I think Herbert's going to ball Herbert balls every week like he is I mean he's in the short list of a conversation if you're starting your franchise with obviously Mahomes is at the top of the list and I don't know how many names you have to get to before you get to Burrow and Herbert but it's not many right now with the way they're playing this early in their career uh, but I think the Dolphins uh, are a more complete team right now and they'll be able to get the job done because I have no face in LA's defense just none uh, I'm not sure is, is Bosa going to play in this game I haven't heard that Herbert heard the update there but he'll play his eight snaps yeah, yeah, I just – I have no faith in that defense whatsoever. I, I wish Miami had a semblance of a running game, which they do not have right now. Maybe is back this week. But uh, this could be like a weird, sneaky DeAndre Washington game. I always have like a weird infatuation with him. I think he's a better player than he's had opportunities for so far this year. But uh, I, I'm going to go with Miami's defense to nudge it out in the end.
2: I'm going to take the Finns as well, 30-27. to 27. I'm going to ride against the Chargers so they figure out how to win a game. Like They keep finding ways to lose the damn game after playing so good. Kenneth Murray's been phenomenal this year for them, middle linebacker. Great pick. I mean, they're two first round picks. I'm not sure you could hit on to set your franchise up anymore for the future, but it's not right now. I just I am scared to death of Christian Wilkins and Van Ull being out because that defense has been amazing mm-hmm. and they are just squashing the freaking run. But the Chargers aren't even trying to run it. Like it's just we're gonna let Herbert let it fly and see how it goes. And that could be a recipe for disaster. I'm gonna take the fins at
1: home. All right. Getting back on track here. We got three minutes left. Seahawks. We got another, just three more games. Seahawks, Rams, Rams, minus two, Jake, your pick. I'm
2: going to take the Hawks at home. I got them 34, 30. I think it's a shootout. I think golf has a big day. Everybody has a big day against the Seahawks defense. I cannot imagine Russell Wilson. It likes what's going on right now. And they had a couple big turnovers, two losses in a row. I can't imagine the Seahawks team losing three in a row. I think it's a great game. It wouldn't surprise me if the Rams pull it off. I just think the Seahawks are a little bit more desperate.
0: I need to know what what bet online and Vegas know for this line to move three points in the last couple of days. Uh, Seattle was favored by this by one point. They should be favored in this game. I know is I know how bad things are on that defense. It's historically bad. They're they, they're going to be right now on pace four hundred yards worse than that that twenty twelve Saints team that was dreadful on defense, but. Russell Wilson's going to bounce back. And again, th- th- this comes down to me of if I trust one quarterback right now to go win me a game, and I think this is going to be a close game because there's going to be a lot of scripted plays for golf, especially in the first half. But in the second half, I trust one of these quarterbacks to win a game when everybody adjusts. It's still going to be Russell Wilson. I think they do just enough to pull out a close win, and now I'm getting two free points.
2: Yeah, one one other thing to note on that defense, Jamal Adams was really good last week. Didn't really matter as far as the game went because the Bills took advantage of it. But had a sack, wreaked havoc. King Dunlap, the first game, had a sack. And the game before that, I love that they were blitzing Bobby Wagner, which they never do. If they're going to do that and mix it up and get out of there, what they've been doing when they know they already suck, and they got to take a chance. If they can get a turnover on from that defense, I think they're going to be okay to win this. But I, I agree with Jamie, getting getting points here, swayed me.
1: All right, San Francisco 49ers on the road playing the New Orleans Saints. The Saints are getting 10-point favorites here, right? It's a big line, 10-point favorites. I know that it's the, obviously, San Francisco with a lot of backups um, in multiple positions. What do you guys see happening in this one, Jamie, first?
0: Oh, I hate that line so much. Uh, the Saints are going to win this game. I think 10 is right about right. Um, I, I guess I'll lean with them because I'm always going to go with the team, I think, to win to get the to cover, even when it's like right on the line for me. I like what I saw from them last week. I like you know, the way they obviously in that Tampa Bay game. Uh, they're just going to be able to run the ball extremely effectively in this matchup. There's still too many twos playing on San Francisco's defense. Mullins will be all right, but I don't think he's going to be great. No Debo Samuel, no Raheem Mostert. I just don't know if the 9 ers have the horses anymore. They're going to fight, and they're going to do some, things, some interesting things offensively is to get the ball in like, Richie James's hands and Brandon Ayuk's hands. But I just don't think they have the firepower right now to keep up with New Orleans, even though the spread's a little high for me.
2: Yeah, I agree. I wrote down 30-20. to 20. I think it's a 10-point game. I'll go 31-20 so they cover it. Look, you go back to that game last year, which was amazing, and George Kittle stiff-arming his way all the way down the field for the win and sets them up for home-field advantage. Everybody that played in that game is out for 49ers. Like, this is not even close to the same team. I do think there's a little bit of overreaction from Sunday night's blowout in Tampa. Saints are good, but they hadn't looked anywhere near that good for five weeks before that. They'd barely been winning games. So I hate this line as well, but I'm going to take them at home. Just San Francisco is depleted and you don't run it that good on the Saints regardless.
1: All right, guys, Baltimore and New England facing off on Sunday night football. Baltimore is a seven point favorite against this New England Patriots team. Is there any left, any magic left for Cam in this game? Or is this going to be the Lamar Jackson show? Jake, I'll let you go first.
2: Give me Lamar Jackson over Cam all day. I got him 33, 21. I think the Ravens win big. They did just have too much. I mean, when the Ravens have had to run it and to stay in games, they've done it. Go back to that Kansas City game without Cam. They've had some games. The Raiders game. They ran it down their throat when they had to run it have a lot of I don't really see that happening here. That like Cam's gonna have to throw it against that defense and the blitz. I think there's some turnovers waiting to happen. And I think Lamar is tired of being disrespected of the reigning MVP of the league. Did enough last week in India against that defense? New England's not even close to Indy on defense. I'll give me the give me the Ravens big.
0: Yeah, this was one of my locks of the week. Ravens minus seven. I think they come out. They have a huge game on Sunday Night Football. I see no reason why Lamar Jackson and Marquise Brown can't do what Joe Flacco and Rashad Perriman just did to J.C. Jackson and company. Doesn't look like Gilmore is going to be back. I don't. I don't even want to imagine the game that Cam Newton can possibly have when he's going to get pressure in his face so much and nowhere else to go with the ball. Uh, I, I think this this could be a an absolute blow up game for. New England uh, in prime time. Like I, I, like we almost saw it against the Jets, and I think you know I caution that we don't overreact to that game. I guess they still won, but this is this looks like a horrible matchup for for Cam Newton, especially with Marlon Humphrey back. I, I just I just don't see how this game stays very close. I think Baltimore is finally tired of hearing about how poor their offense looks. They're tired of hearing about going on the Rich Eisen show about teams calling out our plays, all this other stuff around them this week. This is the matchup they can take advantage of, and I think they do
1: you would think that they would take advantage of this matchup considering we just watched the New York freaking jets put up significant points on this new England Patriots defense. I don't think that smoking Joe Flacco as he will continue to be called, uh, until they, he can no longer throw 60 yard bombs, which I don't think will ever happen. I think he will be 75 years old throwing, chucking the ball in the backyard with his grandkids. If we're being totally honest, final thoughts on today's video podcast. Um, I love that the fans were interacting with us. So quick, thank you to everybody who was hanging out on the side. I know we didn't get to everybody, but we got to most of them, especially the applicable start and sit ones. Jamie, you first final thoughts. Uh,
0: That I think there are about 60 startable wide receivers this week. I mean, that is how, if you're in a deep enough league, I think they're about, I mean, I only rank through 50, but I have about 60 guys that I look on there and say, you know what? I, I could see a reason to play them this week, and I think this is where it goes back to the conversation we've had the last couple of weeks on the show. Uh, the, the trade deadline in our league, our TDN Premium League, uh, is this week. So this is the last week you can make trades. I'm sure it's going to be around that time for you guys. Maybe you have one extra week if your league does a little bit later. Start looking at your roster. Start consolidating. Do you have a ton of bench options at one position where you can consolidate and, like we talked about earlier on the show with one of the fans, get a different position of need for you on your team? You need to start making those moves. You need to start looking at playoff matchups, weeks 13 through 16, starting to see where these guys are starting to play because it doesn't matter what they did the first half of the year. It doesn't matter what they've been doing. It matters what they're going to get for you, and you have to know where you are. Are you a good enough team to make the playoffs, or are you just good enough to be a one-and-done team? Do you want to win a championship? This is You don't get to carry these players over. It's not a keeper league. So if you think you're only good enough to be a one-and-done, what can you do to make your roster championship caliber? This is the week to do it.
2: Three really good games I'm looking to see the storylines coming out of. That's the Raiders. Can they win convincingly? Can they look like we we've seen them at times? Can they really take that step in a division rivalry? The Bills and Cardinals, who comes out of that one? Can the Bills go in there and win and go to eight and two and go, okay, we got a stranglehold on this division because here comes Miami looking pretty good, but we already got a win on them. And the other one's the Eagles and the Giants, guys. We wrote off this Eagles team a long time ago, but this division's awful. And how good can Carson Wentz be? with Dallas Goddard now back, with Alshon Jeffrey back, with Jason Peters back on that offensive line, Miles Sanders back. That's a lot of pieces to add back into a guy it has been a freaking roller coaster all year. But can they win this game against a pretty solid Giants team that'll fight you to the end? Those three teams, I want to see what the storylines coming out of these games are, because I think it will be really good games. They're going to be a lot of fun. But if those three teams can win and look good, I think we're going to be talking about them in a different light next week.
1: I think the the point that we make on this show a lot is be careful when you write off a team or you buy into a narrative based off of what they do in the first half of the season, right? And I think there's we know that Carson Wentz can be an MVP because he was. He was deserving uh and and just didn't didn't end up getting through to the end of that season but was was unbelievable that year that they won the Super Bowl. I know that he's been struggling and I know that it's been tough to watch, but be careful to buy into only what you've seen where they've had tons and tons of injuries because this division is wide open and somebody's going to win it. And they have the best shot. They got the best quarterback that's starting. They have the best weapons. They've got the playoff wins. They've got the caliber. A lot of those guys on that team won a Super Bowl. They've got that. And if they can put some magic together here, the back half of the season. And they could end up being a team that nobody's really going to be that excited about playing that first weekend, especially depending on how things shake out with the playoffs, right? They're talking about the additional playoff games and an additional playoff team. So I'm excited guys. I think there's, there's so much to look forward to here with, with just a wide open NFL right now on both sides, in both of it, in, in both conferences, in all divisions, uh, there's a lot to pay attention to. And then last thing Tua v. Herbert right? I'm, I'm all in. Like I, I want to see a show and I know that I'm going to get a show from one side. I'm curious to see what we get from Tua in this matchup. Uh, very, very curious to see what we get. Jamie, how can everybody follow you on social media?
0: Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter and Jake Arians NFL on Instagram and Jake Arians on Twitter.
1: You guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an I on both Twitter and Instagram. Be sure to follow the show at TDN Fantasy on both Twitter and Instagram. We have some great content that is put out. We clip up a lot of our shows are against the spread show. They come out all throughout the weekend. So if you missed any of it or you didn't get through the whole podcast, be sure to check that out. And as always, go to the draftnetwork.com so you can make sure to set your lineups properly. Have a good weekend and good luck in week 10.